Good day to you all, and thanks for listening. Today is Father's Day, or I should say today was Father's Day, as it is 8 o'clock Eastern Time, and I'll be going to bed here relatively shortly. It's uh, at my age, I mean, 10 o'clock at night is late. I mean, to be perfectly honest, and I have to work tomorrow. It was a cold and rainy one here in Midcoast, Maine. On this Father's Day, the temperature did not even make it to 50 degrees. Hard to believe for some of you listening in other parts of the country where you're experiencing record heat. It hasn't hit us yet, knock on wood, here in Maine. It's been busy today and the weekend. Uh, Today I took my daughter, it started with me taking my youngest to work and then went to Zumba class. Uh, Zumba was a little painful this morning. My right calf muscle is sore. In fact, when I stand up now, I have a little limp. I am hoping this is a sign of muscle growth and not something more serious. I'd rather not go on the Zumba IR list as I'm scheduled to teach a class tomorrow night. But we'll see how things go. I'll teach it no matter what and I'll tape it up, maybe take some painkiller and see how things go. Hopefully I plan on my Zumba Sensei being there and she can always take over a few songs if things get uh, too painful. It has been a great weekend overall. Yesterday I went on a nature hike with a very dear friend of mine, her son and my youngest. It was a perfect day for such an activity. Not too buggy, not too hot. I left this experience feeling very happy and I had band practice immediately after this, which was also a lot of fun. At band practice, we all got into a discussion if we have a type of woman we are most attractive to. And some of you are thinking, well, don't get into some chauvinistic, juvenile, superficial talk here, Matt. Well, It led into kind of that juvenile discussion if we were boob men or ass men. And it appears that most men know exactly, from the conversation I had with these guys, and I won't get into details, but I'll say this. It appears most men know exactly what their type is and what they like physically uh, from a woman. And they can tell you right off the bat. Uh, For me, all I can say is I honestly don't know. And I'm speaking completely. uh, I am preaching the truth here. I can say this. I know what I prefer as far as an age, age range is concerned when I'm dating someone. And that's eight years on either side of my age. Either eight years younger or eight years older, preferably my same age. But, I mean, it doesn't always work out that way. And I love beautiful women. 
However, I can't really describe what this actually means. You can put two women side by side that are both beautiful in my eyes, but they may look completely different. What makes a woman beautiful in my eyes is something that I truly can't describe. Once I see it, I can certainly describe why I believe that person is beautiful. I do, I, I do notice a couple things. I notice a lot by a woman's smile and her eyes. And it's hard for me to make eye contact. So I know if I notice their eyes, there's something that is holding my gaze enough to just be potentially sucked in to something there. And if I'm making eye contact, there's some element of trust there as well. And I'm not going to say anything more about that for now. Anyway, I love having these types of discussions because it gets me thinking, as you can tell. I just paused there for a little bit. It's also useful material for what I'm doing now, making a podcast and delivering my thoughts to all of you. This week, just to really add material, potentially add material to uh, this week's podcast, I threw a few questions out on the out in the Twitter sphere. Initially, when I threw these questions out there, I didn't get many responses. I, I'm forever trying to figure this Twitter thing out. I can say this. I've grown, I mean, I've grown follow, followers by like a bazillion percent. I've had a Twitter account for years, but only really recently started using it. I'm surprised when I do get responses uh, from, from certain tweets. For example, the tweet that I sent out a while ago, I just received 200 listeners last month. And blah, 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 it, uh, it may be small, but uh, for a little podcast like mine, a small achievement, but gosh darn it, I'll take it. For this, that one tweet, which to me is like a throwaway tweet, it earned me more than 100 comments and 100 followers. And I, I don't understand why. Now, when I really, really try to get people to respond by adding hashtags, creating polls, or asking questions for podcast material, I, t I tend to get very few responses. So, and as I said, initially, I didn't get much of a response back from some of these questions. So, what I did this morning, and it was helpful... I tagged a few followers who I knew would add valuable answers to the types of questions I was asking. In the end, I was able to get some really good responses to these questions, and uh, one in particular, and I'll share these answers with you now. So, let's get into it. One question I asked is, sleeping with someone on the first date a sign of doom, or one of hopeful possibilities. 
Is sleeping with someone on the first date a sign of doom or one of hopeful possibilities? Uh, And these were the answers that I received. This was from The Vibe Podcast, which I haven't checked out yet. I will. And thank you for your response, The Vibe Podcast. Depends on how you know... uh, Sorry, depends on how long you know them prior to the first date. Chances are doomed these days, though, LOL. So, and that brings up a value point. If you know this person as a friend prior to the first time you go out, then it's a little bit different. However, if you don't really know this person and then you sleep together on the first date, I don't know. I don't know. I should have followed up with that. And this is from Gutting the Sacred Cow, and they threw out these guys. Whoever is in charge of it, it's the two Kevins, Kevin Goatee or Kevin Israel. I'm not sure who responds to it. Who knows? They're so popular now, they probably hire a guy to run their Gutting the Sacred Cow Twitter page that responds. Some, like, 18-year-old kid intern type thing. Anyway, whoever responded for gutting the sacred cow responded this way. No better way to judge if they can throw down in the sack or not is right out of the gate. So no better way to judge if they can throw down in the sack or not is right out of the gate. Did I read that right? No better way to judge if they can throw down in the sack or not is right out of the gate. So basically, they're saying that... You know, right out of the gate. Yeah, go for it. So let's judge how this is going to go uh, by sleeping together. Okay, I'm not going to take that answer seriously. I'm kind of upset with these guys right now. So the premise of Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast, it's really good, actually. They'll choose a movie that uh, it has to be uh, one out of uh, three criteria for uh, for them to have a movie be on their show it has to be a box office success critically acclaimed or had a large audience positive review or basically seen by a large audience and also received positively by the uh, said audience So they'll have a guest host come on, choose a movie, say like Pulp Fiction, yes, this has actually happened, and that guest host will actually tell the two Kevins why this movie is bad. And then the end of every episode, the Kevin, so in this case, say a Pulp Fiction, the guest host will present the movie, then at the end of the episode, it, this the guests will plead their case in the end of the episode the kevins will determine and state whether or not the guest host did the job in getting the sacred cow meaning did they convince the two kevins that this movie actually isn't very good okay so you get the idea the problem is that i've had with this show lately uh, the princess bride which is in my top five, was on this show. And one of the Kevins actually was one of the ones that brought this one to the table to be gutted. I won't 
tell you how the episode turned out, but how dare anyone take that movie and try to talk smack about it? How dare they? And anyway, so that's one thing. And then I find out the other day, they're actually going to do an episode where somebody's going to try to convince the two Kevins that Apocalypse Now, the best movie ever made. Yes, Apocalypse Now is the best movie ever made. And I'm right about this. Somebody's going to have the audacity to come onto their show and convince the two Kevins that Apocalypse Now is actually not a very good movie. I already know by listening to past episodes how one of the Kevins is going to respond. And I'm not going to listen to this that episode. I mean, that it's just sacrilegious. It's sacrilegious. So, And also, I really want to be on their show. I really want to be a guest on their show. And I think they know that. Or maybe they don't. And if they do, maybe they don't care. I would do a very good job on that show. I don't know what movie I would pick. Um, maybe I'd pick The Princess Bride and tr try to convince them why it's a good movie and try to change. Anyway, I won't say anything more about that. Okay, so going back to the question here, I got way off topic there. Is sleeping with someone on the first date a sign of doom or one of hopeful possibilities? This is from the 80s movie podcast, which I have not listened to yet, but I would like to as I do 80s movie reviews on this show to see if they t stand the test of time with my dear friend, uh, Sergeant Williams, Sandy. Anyway, the 80s movie podcast responded, my wife of nearly 20 years would probably say both, meaning they slept together on the first date and they've had certainly days of doom, but also it opened the door for hopeful possibilities as their marriage has nearly lasted 20 years and all the power to you. Congratulations. Uh, this is from Xyphos, I think I'm pronouncing that right, Xyphos, uh, X-I-P-H-O-S. I am bad at pronunciations, and I apologize if I mispronounce that. It's a sign of a good night. Okay, how about that? So, with this uh, type of thought process... Anytime you get laid, it's a good night. And even if it's uh, not that good, it's kind of okay. Like pizza, right? Even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. Hmm. Okay. But sometimes after eating really bad pizza and a lot of it, you don't feel too good about yourself afterwards. So that is something to keep in mind as well. And then probably the best answer to this question, the question of, is sleeping with someone on the first date a sign of doom or one of hopeful possibilities? The best answer out of all of this was the last one that I read, and it was a simple yes. And this answer was uh, from the Made for TV Movie Club podcast. 
another podcast I have not listened to. This podcast, the premise is they watch TV movies from the past and review them. Interesting. Okay, another question I threw out there. only got a couple of responses on this one. Is a first date similar to a job interview? From Rob Jones, depends on the starting salary. That's interesting. Hmm. Because if you're interviewing for a job that maybe is a part-time job or maybe a job that's temporary just to fill in the gap, you're not going to be so nervous going into that job. However, if you're going in for one with a very big starting salary, career-oriented, long-time commitment type stuff, then, yeah, I suppose uh, it would depend on uh, what you're going into. Sure, sure. Uh, this is from, The next one is from Nonsense Password. I really like Nonsense Password. I miss his show on Podbean. And now you can see him on Twitch every once in a while. I haven't been over there for a while, and I don't know if he's still doing newer shows. I think he, I almost think he hasn't been doing much lately, but I do see him on the Twitter sphere. Anyway, his answer to is a first date similar to a job interview was this, but it's more of a 69 mutual. I don't understand that answer nonsense. I don't understand that answer. It's more of a 69 mutual, similar to a job interview. Uh, It's more of a 69 mutual. Well, it is in the sense, well, now I'm really thinking about this. What does he mean by that exactly? I mean, you're both kind of going in trying to, with a date, a first date, you're trying to figure out... a lot about each other, maybe potentially, you know, formulating this possibility of getting naked with this person at some point, not necessarily that first date, but, you know, it could be two or three months down the road. So, but I guess in a job interview, you're still trying to figure out if the it's a mutual thing because there's a benefit on both sides in either scenario or a potential benefit. I suppose, yeah, interesting. I don't know. I got to think about that one. I think that's where nonsense is getting at. It's, uh, it's uh, something about 69 and mutual. It's, uh, I'm getting thrown off by that. Maybe I'll have to come back to that. Maybe he'll elaborate it on, on this for me. Uh, nonsense wicked funny guy lives out there in kansas where it's nice and flat all right here's one where i kind of baited people a little bit and i tagged them in the question just to get some responses and it worked is cuddling and kissing as friends acceptable is cuddling and kissing as friends acceptable this is from uh, my friend glenn the canadian Glenn, I should say. Glenn is my favorite Canadian. He lives in Saskatoon or something. Um, I could be wrong about that. I mean, I don't know my Canadian geography quite well. Is it Saskatoon or Saskatchewan or, I don't know, Sasquatch? That's where he lives. He lives in Sasquatch. 
Anyway, he responded to, is cuddling and kissing as friends acceptable? It can be, but it's a fine line between kissing and cuddling as friends and kissing and cuddling, and now you're dating. Okay, there I kind of see that. There's a fine line in between that. Okay. And then Father Brian, um, my podcasting buddy, uh, Father Brian, who his show, he does it, he and Lady Rebecca, uh, Planet ADHD, uh, have pretty much given up on the live shows, though I have seen them pop up every once in a while, but they they don't do regular shows anymore, which is kind of too bad. They uh, ran into trolls much the same way I did, and that's why I don't do live shows anymore, but I do miss hearing them. Anyway, he answered... Yes, the FWB clause of the late 80s and early 90s made this accept- made this an acceptable norm. And I'm like, huh, so friends with benefits. But, I mean, this is just it, and we're going to get more into this. It, so to the answer is cuddling and kissing his friends acceptable. He goes into the friends with benefits clause. Okay, so this is where... He's not the only one that mentions it here. My response to his answer was this. The friendship will likely last longer if it stays cuddling with occasional kissing. Once the line gets crossed into sex, the friendship is over in a month, in my opinion, anyway. You can stretch it out maybe a little bit longer if there's some geographic distance between the two of you, but not much. I mean... The friends with benefit thing really has a short shelf life. It can only last for so long. However, I do believe the cuddling and kissing thing as friends, in my experience, can last longer. This is what typically happens, okay? You cuddle, you kiss. You cuddle and you still cuddle. Then you kiss again. Then one or both of you are like, you know what? We really shouldn't be kissing. Yeah, you're right. Okay but it's okay to cuddle. So uh, cuddling, I believe, as friends is definitely fine. That's why I say occasional kissing is okay. But if it becomes regular kissing, then it gets into relationship territory. Or when I think the friendship is doomed is when it does cross into the FWB thing. That's just my opinion. Um... So did he, he, he did respond to this. He said, huh, I mean, if, I believe he did. I agree. He, this is it was, uh, his response to my uh, retort there. I agree. I'm a 70s, early 80s kid. Friends with benefits was after my time, LOL. Well, I don't know if it was because I, I mean, Father Brian is in my generation. He's a couple years younger. And I mean, I have had friends with benefits before. Um, so, I mean, it's not really before our time. I think it really became popular in the nineties. I think it became popular in the nineties, but that's really when I came of age and cause I was in my twenties and that type of thing. So yeah, naturally that's when the FWB thing, in my opinion, was the most prevalent, but I mean, I'm sure it's still, in fact, I know it still is with uh, younger people and, um, so maybe it started in the 70s and 80s and has just carried on ever since. Maybe it was around during my parents' generation. I don't know. And I am not going to ask. How about that? 
This is from Dating Will Be the Death of Me. Uh, responded to this um, individual quite a bit on Twitter. I have yet to listen to this person's podcast, but I'm going to just by the, t- uh, the tweets that I see from this individual. I'm definitely going to check out their podcast. Dating will be the death of me answered. Huh. I mean, if you're cuddling and kissing, y'all aren't just friends, right? That's more FWB territory. See, and I don't think so. I don't think cuddling and kissing uh, equate with the FWB. I think it has to be sex of one way or another. I mean, cuddling and kissing to me are not, it's on the edge of FWB and maybe even relationship territory. But I don't really see it as F, I, I don't see cuddling and kissing as being friends with benefits. I just don't. It has to be, sex has to be part of it to be friends with benefits. Um, and then my response to her was, I would say it depends. Cuddling and occasional kissing, I can see as just being close friends territory. Um, and her response, I don't know if I'm kissing you. I like you more than just a friend, LOL. That's uh, from uh, the dating. Uh, The dating will be the death of me uh, response to that. And then um, Lady Andoneum, and I apologize if I am mispronouncing your name, Lady Andoneum. Now, Lady Andoneum is a pinup model who also has a podcast. Her podcasts are very short, I found, you know, seven to like 11 minutes maybe. Very sensual, just baby, uh, Betty Boop, Betty Boop type voice. And really worth listening to, too, as she talks about sensuality and relationship stuff as well. And um, I do like her responses and her tweets. I agree with that dating at the death of me. Being just friends would mean I would never think about kissing or warning you touching me in any way aside from a friendly hug. Okay. And that's fair enough. And some people are like that. Okay. And so if you get into the cuddling and kissing territory, then you, for some people, it would mean you're more than friends. Okay. And I, I get that. Um, and she also said, I mean, that it is definitely an FWB thing. Okay. And, I guess uh, I I guess I can I can see that I just don't necessarily completely agree with it. I think, as I said before, probably two or three times now, FWB to me means sex. So, okay, and this is from my uh, my buddies, my other Canadian buddies from uh, from the. F Buddies podcast, and I'm saying F to be kind because they actually use the real word, not F. But uh, the F Buddies uh, uh, are Canadians, and they do a dating podcast, and that's worth listening to. They touch upon subjects I wouldn't even dream upon touching upon because I'm pretty clean cut here when it comes down to it. I mean, I get a little tiny bit racy, a tiny bit, but I keep it kind of within certain parameters some of you and bless you uh, don't really have those parameters and uh, have more courage than i do i mean 
I, I just, I guess I have a guilty conscience or something. But I do enjoy uh, their podcast, the F Buddies. Uh, uh, check it out. Uh, check it out sometime. It's worth listening to. It's, uh, anyway, they responded, it's just friends with less benefits, isn't it? When they put in a laughing emoji. If this is your jam and everyone else is consenting and happy, go for it. That said, I can't imagine someone I'd want to kiss and cuddle and not take it further, whether emotionally or sexually. All right, and that's a fair point, I guess. And it maybe, yeah, that is a fair point. I can say this. I have had friends in the past that I've cuddled with, even kissed a little bit, that I have not had sex with. And we've maintained our uh, friendship for quite a while until... Uh, one of us or both of us moved away and kind of lost distance in that respect. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd be interested to hear, very interested to hear your thoughts on this subject, by the way. Okay. And that's really the three big questions I threw out there this week. I wanted to read this separate post by Dating Will Be the Death of Me that I read uh late this afternoon uh, she wrote dating really is crazy one second you're enjoying a night with someone and the next second he can't take a joke about him burning steaks and setting the fire alarm off so he kicks you out of his house this is fun I'm having fun as uh, she puts a bunch of emojis so Dating's really crazy. One second you're enjoying a night with someone, and the next second he he can't take a joke about him burning steaks and setting the fire alarm. I pronounce the R this time off, so he kicks you out of his house. So you joke about him burning the steaks and setting the fire alarm off. You make a joke about that because it is kind of funny, and then he gets pissed off and asks you to leave. What a dank that guy is. And I asked, did this really happen? And uh, she answered, oh, yeah, 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 it happened. I mean, I wow. I mean, I just would never do that. I would just laugh at my mistake and be thoroughly embarrassed by it. And chances are this jerk was uh, embarrassed by it, too. And this is how some guys' response to embarrass embarrassment. They get overly sensitive, worked up, and they do something irrational. And... Yeah, in jerky for that matter. And <laughs> then I retweeted something later. And um, anywho, I'm going to read it because I found it interesting. And I don't know what I believe about it. So originally this was put out by Charms Blow Pop. Who the heck is Charms Blowpop? Beautiful disaster, Dr. Kervorkian of botany, empath, snarky, kind of funny, believes in pink, votes blue, Virgo. Hashtag resist, musical junkie, love is my religion. This person has 7,748 followers. Okay. All right. So anyway, this uh, person posted, five of your friends have masturbated to you. At least five. Let me repeat that. 
Five of your friends have masturbated to you. At least five. Okay. Um, I don't... So it made me think, is this true? I mean, really? And anyway, I... As I retweeted, I just put really with a question mark. And uh, Dick Tales podcasts, uh, and they also do, and this is a podcast uh, about disastrous dating stories, sexual mishaps, and long unrelated tangents. Uh, you know, check them out. Responded anyway to this, I call bullshit. And I'm like, yeah, because I wonder how scientific this study is. I mean, how do you know five friends have masturbated to you? Uh, uh, a minimum, minimum. Uh, uh, I would think it's a minimum, right? At least five. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay. So it's probably, it could very well be more than that. Uh, I'll say this. This will give you an excuse. If you're not following me on Twitter to follow me on Twitter, that's at Wicked Awesome at Matt3571. You can read uh, Glenn the Canadian's Glenn at Stinky Dad 87. You can read his response to this. Uh, what I can say uh, is that Glenn's response is disturbingly flattering and has left me a little confused. <laughs> and that's all I'll have to say about that. Uh, Glenn at Stinky Dad 87. That means he was born in 1987. I mean, I was finishing my sophomore year of high school in 1987. I mean, it's like, wow. It's like, that makes me feel young. Gee, see what you did, Glenn? Uh, I'm telling you, those Canadians. <laughs> Speaking of which, I was looking at my stats for this show. I haven't had a Canadian listener in like 60 days. What the hell's up with you, Canadians? Come on. I listen to your podcast. Get with it, Canadians. Come on, we're neighbors here. I live in Maine. I can be in Canada in a couple hours. Come on. Come on. All right. So next week, uh, Sergeant Williams and I will be doing an 80s movie review, Does It Stand the Test of Time, with 3 O'Clock High. I have it on DVD. It arrived yesterday. I'm going to watch it tonight, actually, and take. In, I'm going to be taking notes. If you folks want to watch it as well, to hear what we have to say about it, please do. Before then, I'm going to try to squeeze in another podcast this week because a co-worker recommended a movie to me, and it is an absolute piece of dog shit. So I'm going to do a bad movie review where I get out the mandolin and sing my original song, this movie is shite. I'm not going to tell you what the movie is until I actually do the podcast. But I can tell you there's going to be spoiler alerts because I'm going to tell you exactly what happened in this movie. So you will not waste your time, waste an hour and a half to two hours out of your day watching such a colossal turd of a movie. I mean, I care about you listeners that much. And there you have it. There's my Father's Day show. And 
I thank you again for listening. Until next time, I love you all and be well.